I'm Tim Kittrow, and you're tuned in to the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Attention, Alan Hearn's mom. His knee is better. <laughs> you can stop worrying. Neil Smith. Even with the concussion, as long as he's cleared, probably don't have a better option. Jack Kavanaugh. Raheem Mostair, as I would like to call him. And Jason Draven. Nah, man. Just let's watch some football. Boom shakalaka. Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast season finale. I'm your host at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and I am back one last time. So relax, have a drink with me one last time, at least for this season. With the Super Bowl coming up this weekend, we will officially close out the 2020 NFL season. And of course, we will be going out with a bang. And I say we because I am joined once again by the always lovely, the IDP MVP at The Real NWB, me, Wallace Bruce. Me, my friend, we have made it to the big game. So how is it going mere days away from the Super Bowl? Thanks, Jack. Um, look, I'm starting to feel the buzz as the day draws closer to Sunday night. Um, I, I have my beverage in front of me as well for one last dance tonight as well. The 2020 season is going to be completed on time. Who would have thought that back in August? But as the confetti and the dust settles on Sunday night, we will have one of the wildest off-seasons on our hands with salary cap pressures forcing teams into making moves they maybe didn't want to. Folks, Passapalooza is upon us. Passerpalooza. I love that term. I'm going to be using it. And be sure to follow me on Instagram at TheRealNWB to follow along with all the brilliant content he'll be dropping throughout the offseason. And you can check out all his Fire Dynasty content all offseason over on ImportantNonsense.com and on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at NonsenseFF. And of course, I did say the magic word, Dynasty. And so we are joined once again by the Doctor of Dynasty at Dynasty PhD, Dr. John Chansey. John, it's been two whole weeks since we've spoken. How you doing, buddy? Yo, it is I, Dr. Dynasty. Hello, Jack. Hello, Nee. Uh, I'm going to be honest, Jack. I'm a bit full tonight because I've been eating a big old helping of crow. Uh, Edge, of course, won the Royal Rumble despite one of the first two entrances being old. Uh, But guess what? I can't be too down on this this, uh, because it is Super Bowl weekend, baby. And guess what? It's also my last night on this earth as a 32-year-old humanoid. I level up. To 33 tomorrow, the year of Larry Legend. And you better believe I'm going to come at 33 with the same kind of intensity that Larry Bird brought to the court every night. Oh, absolutely love that passion, love the intensity, and love getting to celebrate your birthday with you. Thanks for joining us tonight, John. And be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhD. Maybe wish him a little happy birthday yourself. And on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC. But it just feels so good to be right. I, I was right on edge. I was right that it would be Tampa Bay versus Kansas City in the Super Bowl. And hopefully I'm right on the final result as well. But we'll get to that later. Before we get to the big game, we've got some news around the league, starting with a blockbuster trade. And for a team with a history of mistreating their star players, you can see 
Sanders, comma, Barry, and Johnson, Calvin, or comma, Calvin. But the Detroit Lions did the right thing. They sent Matthew Stafford where he wanted to go. They already had a house there. And so Stafford is on his way to LA to be Sean McVay's new star for the Los Angeles Rams. And McVay said, I cannot play with him. I cannot win with him. I cannot coach with him. I can't do it. And he sends Jared Goff packing. I, I don't know what happened to that relationship. Completely wild. But anyways, Goff is headed to, to Detroit along with a 2022 first-round pick, a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2021 third-round pick, partially to say thank you for sending us Matthew Stafford, and the other part to say thanks for taking Jared Goff away from us. Gotta wonder what happened there, but now we also have to wonder, what is this Rams offense going to look like in 2021? Wheels up for the 2021 Rams offense and all of their position players. Yeah, I'll second that one, Nee. I think we're going to see an uptick in, in their passing game, especially their deep passing game. So you're going to want to go after Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, buy all of their stock if you can in Dynasty. Go after them and redraft maybe a little earlier than you might have otherwise because I think this is going to be one of the better offenses in 2021. I totally agree with both of you there. Bob Forrest, especially good old Robert Woods. He's in store for a massive season, almost certainly going to continue to be underrated in fantasy circles. Gotta love Cooper Cup as well. And really, I, I'm not a big fan of this for Tyler Higby, but I also don't care about Tyler Higby to begin, begin with. So no loss to me, but we also have to talk about the other side of this trade. So the trade. So the reports are that Goff is viewed as more of a bridge quarterback by GM Brad Holmes and head coach Dan Campbell, helping them transition to the quarterback of the future. Do you guys think he can be more than that? Or is Jared Goff just a bridge QB, kind of like Teddy Bridgewater? Uh, look, Jack, this reminds me of when Jared Goff was in the Jeff Fisher era. Remember those days? I do. It wasn't pretty. Hopefully DeAndre Swift doesn't become the pre-McVay version of Todd Gurley. You know, socially distanced oh. from the end zone. Oh, no. Would... Ouch. Mm-hmm. But on the flip side, perhaps free agent Josh Reynolds, who played for the Rams with golf, will find himself in the Motor City, and they can link up again. Yeah, Nee, that would be a really interesting addition to Detroit's offense because I think this move will definitely hurt Goff from a fantasy standpoint, from a dynasty standpoint, and all the more if Kenny Galladay uh, leaves Motown, which right now we have no reason to suspect that he will stay in Detroit uh, unless they're willing to drop the franchise tag. But as a team that's on the rebuild, I'm not sure why they would use the franchise tag at this point. But I, then again, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, but here's why I'm not totally giving up on Goff quite yet in dynasty. Uh, one, I'm all in on Dan Campbell as the head coach in Detroit. I mean, that dude, I think he could get me to run through a brick wall, and I'm not even an NFL player, so let's just see what he does with Jared Goff. Maybe he can he can motivate Jared Goff. Uh, I think this is the time for Jared Goff maybe to pull his head out of his hind parts uh, and maybe uh, step up after after this move. Uh, and also, you know, you're right, if he is – uh, if he is the bridge quarterback, then maybe he gets traded again. So who knows where he ends up? Maybe it's a better situation. So might hold on to Jared Goff in case. But also just looking at Detroit's weapons, even if Galladay leaves, you still have Swift, you still have Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson. Um, so I don't think like the, the cupboard is totally bare. I think this could still be at least a middle-of-the-pack offense. 
Um, I don't think Goff is going to play for an XFL team by any means. He still has value, I think, in Dynasty and definitely in two quarterback leagues. I totally agree with you, Nee, what you said about Josh Reynolds. That does get me excited. I think he could have some success there. Stud at Texas A&M, but you really do have me worried about DeAndre Swift. Please do not let that happen to him. As for golf, though, it, it really just depends on what they do to build around him. We know he is kind of just a dummy quarterback. He's only going to be as good as his weapons. But like you said, it might not be completely empty. You know, they have TJ Hawkinson, DeAndre Swift. Maybe they bring in Josh Reynolds. Maybe they draft Jamar Chase. I, I don't know. This could... this. The Lions are just such an interesting team, one we have to watch closely because they could be a massive source of fantasy value coming up, as could the New Orleans Saints. So Sean Payton said the team has big interest in bringing back Jameis Winston. They want to eat some Ws, which is why the Saints didn't put in an offer on Matthew Stafford. They're also expected to let Jared Cook walk, so you may want to go out and acquire Adam Troutman in Dynasty before it's too late. And it was also reported that the Saints were happy with how Michael Thomas handled his benching mid-season. They thought he was very mature. They're impressed. So with Jameis possibly slinging it to Michael Thomas coming off the injury in a down season, this can't guard Mike going to be a steal in 2021 redraft. Jack, I think you should tweet at him and find out. I, I don't think I'm going to do that. I, I didn't even tweet at him when he got, got all mad at me. I tweeted about him. He found me. And then he started going after Willie Sneed. I don't know what happened. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Michael Thomas. I don't want to get off on the wrong foot again with him. Anyways, speaking about getting off on the wrong foot. Oh, boy. The Houston Texans, they finally made their decision. They signed David Culley to be their new head coach. Culley is an old, the oldest first-time head coach in NFL history at 65. Ravens receivers coach and passing game coordinator the last two years. Before that, he was the receivers coach for Andy Reid and Casey and Philadelphia, dating all the way back to 1996. So it's great to see a guy who's been grinding for so long finally get his shot. He's bringing along Bears and Bucks and fighting Illini head coach Lovey Smith to be the defensive coordinator and former quarterback who I stand Josh McCown is set to be offensive coordinator. And rumor is that they hired Cully to groom McCown in addition to coaching the team. Unfortunately for them though, Sean Watson still wants out. And this changed nothing of his mind. Raiders are now reportedly willing to move Derek Carr in a three-way trade to get Deshaun Watson. Just imagine Deshaun Watson in the silver and black. So the Texans want a young QB on a rookie deal if they move him. That's why it's going to be a third team in the draft for him. And Carr is expected to draw a bunch of suitors. So this gets really interesting. But as of now, the Raiders and Jets are the favorites. We know the Panthers are in there as well. And it wouldn't be a surprise to see the Bears make a play as well. So things are going to be really interesting this offseason. I cannot wait. Look, the question is this, Jack. Would Deshaun Watson want to play in Las Vegas? Uh, who, who's he going to be throwing to apart from Darren Waller? Does he feel like he can win with the Raiders in their current form? Those are all... Really good questions, Nee, and I want to address those in just a moment. But I still don't think it is 100% that Deshaun Watson is gone from Houston. Um, he hasn't met with the new regime yet, uh, but he's still under contract for three more seasons. Um, but let me be clear about one thing first. I am all for player empowerment, uh, players having mobility. I definitely think the current NFL contract structure is uh, incredibly restrictive, especially if you are an elite player like Watson. It's very hard 
to leave your team if you if you do in fact want a trade. Um, but the NFL is not the NBA, and he's not James Harden. Um, we keep hearing all about these trade rumors, but that is noise coming from Deshaun's camp, not the Houston Texans. They've already come out and said they have no interest in trading Deshaun. That might be a front, um, but I think it, there's a more there are realistic possibilities this could come to a stalemate where his choices are uh, the Houston Texans or retire. Now, I am personally rooting for him, for him to go to Vegas because I do want to see Deshaun Watson go scorched earth in the silver and black next season. But if you can, put a little taste on Deshaun staying in Houston uh, if your state allows things. But if he were to go to, to Vegas, he's got Henry Ruggs. That would be a lot of fun to see him throw to. He's got Waller. Uh, he, you know, I mean, they've got, they've got the Island of Foster Moreau as well. You know, they got Henry or Hunter Renfro, excuse me. And so at least the cupboard isn't totally bare, but yeah, the Raiders would definitely need to add pieces, I think, uh, to go to go with Watson. Do not sleep on my best friend, Brian Edwards. We're still hoping for that breakout, but you're right knee. But at the same time, who do the Jets have at receiver? We, I know Denzel Mims is going to break out. I've told you about that already. But I think any team that goes after Deshaun Watson is going to need a serious overhaul. But at the same time, that's what getting a star like Deshaun Watson on your roster does. It attracts these big-name players. Maybe an Odell Beckham, who is rumored to be on the market. Maybe he comes. Allen Robinson. It's just so many options and so many possibilities with this wild offseason. So much to look forward to. But in the meantime, we do have something to look forward to with the big game touchdown dance contest on Monkey Knife Fight. You pick three players and go wild when they score. So you can see the full rules over at Nonsense FF on Twitter. But basically what it is, you get a free $5 game from us. And then you'll also be able to match your deposit up to $50. So lovely things going on at Monkey Knife Fight. So let's hear a word from them and our sponsors. Our friends at Monkey Knife Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prop game. That's right. And there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and more or less. Stat Shootout, you put together a two or three player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win. So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee. Or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee. Obviously, you gotta go big or go home. Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams. Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward. Yep. I only need to get two out of three matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then when I go all in and I can get five out of five, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money. You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number. 
just like the others. More or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve. You can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys. Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free. I do love free. Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code NONSENSE and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50. This is literally playing with house money, guys. Go sign up on Monkey Knife Fight with the promo code NONSENSE and get in on the action this weekend. We are back and it is time for the main event of the sporting world. There truly is not a spectacle on earth like it. The pinnacle of athletics, the Super Bowl. And for the first time in history, a team will be playing the Super Bowl in their home stadium. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers... Sorry, the Tampa Bay Gronkineers will play at home with 25,000 people in attendance, but the tickets are being spread evenly through fans or uh, team organization and from first responders. So the Buccaneers will not have a true home field advantage, especially because they're not even going to be allowed to fire the friggin' cannons. That is so disappointing. You love that cannon fire after a touchdown. And the NFL has said, no, this isn't a home game. You can't do it. So, Is it really a home field advantage? It would appear that Las Vegas does not think so. Yeah, Jack, because the the Chiefs are a a three-and-a-half-point favorite uh, as of right now. The line started at three, and it's gone as high as three-and-a-half points for the Chiefs. Uh, It's it's held steady for about two weeks. Uh, Most of the money and the tickets are on Kansas City. Um, But if you like Tampa – um, I think you need to look at the money line instead of the spread um, because, you know, if you look at the spread, I think for Tampa, the odds I've seen are, have been around, uh, I think, uh, you know, minus uh, 110, minus 120. But if you go with the money line, it's plus 140, plus 145 odds, depending on where you, you book at. Um, so I think there's a little more value there. I think it's going to be a close game. So I, I would lean towards the money line on that one. <laughs> but when thinking about this game, I want to give a quick shout out to the Washington Post and our future uh, American president, Jeff Bezos, all kidding aside. Um, they wrote a piece on the Sunday on this Super Bowl that was really interesting. And it was some, you know, it was all about the matchups of, of regular season in the Super Bowl. There have been 14 of those so far, or this will be the 14th, I should say. The regular season winner uh, is six and seven in these matchups. So you would think, okay, that's going to favor the Bucks. Uh, but not so fast. Tom Brady, when playing for the New England Patriots, was actually one and two in those rematches, uh, or in those three rematches from the regular season. Those two losses came against the Giants. So Kansas City played Tampa in Week 12. They won 27 to 24. That game was probably not as close as the score would actually suggest. The I believe Kansas City got out to a 17 nothing lead pretty quick. Um, but actually that game was a bit of an anomaly to begin with because both teams were able to move the ball quite successfully. Both teamed, both teams averaged over seven and a half yards per play, but the points were somewhat low. So I think that could be some room for possible positive regression. So you might want to look at the over as in terms of the points, which I've seen at 56 and a half, 57. 
Um, and so really, though, so a lot of evidence might be leaning towards Kansas City without counting the games where they've rested their starters, you know, when they've already had things wrapped up. They're 26-1 and one in the last 27 games. That's just unreal. I mean, we are talking about one of the great, or a truly great team, and really, they're one D Ford offside penalty away from playing in three consecutive Super Bowls. But with all that said, give me the bucks. I'm taking them in the money line. I need this one to finish out the playoffs above 500. I know it's risky, but I'm rolling with Tom and Tampa. Let's go, baby. Woo! I absolutely <laughs> love that. <laughs> Some very good points there, Doc. I'm, I'm liking it. Now, it's very interesting. You mentioned that Brady is 1-2 and two, um, when he faces the regular season winner in the Super Bowl. It's ironic that he's facing Steve Spagnuolo, the DC for Kansas City, once again. Because Spagnuolo was also the defensive coordinator for the Giants when Brady got bashed up back in 2007. Coming off that perfect season, Strahan and friends, they got to him early and often. Anyway, um... Was it really DeFord that cost the Chiefs, or was it a coin flip? I just don't like that overtime rule, but we'll get to that another day, fellas. Um, today, we talk about the Super Bowl, and it's going to be an interesting game. The over-under that I've seen, as the doc alluded to, is 56. You might get a point above that, maybe. Maybe half a point either side. Anyway, I'm going to take the under on that. Here's why regardless of what happens on Sunday, the road team will have more wins than the home team in this season. Not having a loud crowd is not going to drown out the audibles and players can make the moves they need to make. That's why we've had the highest scoring season. However, the Kansas City O-line has more holes in it than a piece of Swiss cheese. They're missing four of their starters and there are places they're going to have to keep Mahomes upright. And Spaniolo has gone up against Brady before. I expect a lot of pressure and pressure creates diamonds. So we're going to have a very tight encounter come Sunday. But give me the under. It's going to be a very exciting game. And with that, let's get to the props. Because that's what I bring to the table. And let's get, get started with the rushing attempts for Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is back. He's had a week off. He's fully recovered by the looks of things. I am looking at his rushing attempts. The line is 8.5. I'm taking the over on that. They did not draft him in the first round to be a complimentary back. He is going to be making moves on Sunday night. and Especially in the Super Bowl, too, right? Like, you didn't draft him in the first round to not use him in the Super Bowl, right? Like, exactly. You, you only need to look at how they used Damian Williams last year. Like, they, he was the guy when the, the San Francisco defense is getting tired. I expect the Chiefs to do the same again with Edwards Hilaire. So, with that, you want the overall rushing attempts, which is 8.5 at the line. And I, w I would parlay that if I could with Darrell Williams under on the same rushing attempts line 8.5. Because when you look at when both running backs have been healthy, whether you like it or not, Darrell Williams has taken a backseat to Edwards Hilaire. So I know people are going to say, oh, but what about the game against Buffalo? That was Edwards Hilaire's first game from injury. He wasn't fully fit. Edwards Hilaire will be featured on Sunday, and Williams will take a backseat. Take the under on Darrell Williams for rushing attempts. Next up. Passing yards. Total passing yards for the game. I've seen a line at 635.5 for this. Here's the thing. Mahomes will probably get in the range of above 300, but less than 325 yards on the day. He got 266 yards in the last Super Bowl. 
I expect Brady to be just under 300 yards. So I'm smashing under on passing yards. Some juicy odds out there. I've seen odds of $2.30 for that number. I know the bookmakers like to juice off the over because people like to go with over on the Super Bowl, but we need to be a little bit more calculated with these decisions. Moving on to the, the kickers. Now, Butker and Suckup, they, they haven't been automatic this postseason. I don't know what it has been, but they missed a few extra points. And there's a strong chance one of them will miss a field goal. So I'm taking a missed field goal attempt as well. I'm taking the yes on that, potentially $2.10 for the return there. First team to score, I want Tampa Bay. Now, here's the deal. Kansas City have typically deferred and opted to receive, sorry, opted for the opposition to receive the ball in 60% of matches this year. So odds on that alone are $1.65. But with Tampa Bay getting the ball, I expect Brady to go down the field and at least come away with a field goal. So I want Tampa Bay to be the first team to score. Odds of $2 being offered there, that's, that's some good value. Next up, we got the sacks. Now, as I said, Kansas City has a Swiss cheese offensive line right now. They pulled up some guy who played for Pittsburgh um, about a month ago to help them out. And Tom Brady can be um, got to as well. The Buccaneers are averaging three sacks a game with their defense, while the Chiefs are averaging about two sacks a game with their defense. So you add that up, that's five. I've seen lines of 3.5 or 4.5 total sacks in the game. I don't care. Take the over. Get your money. Finally, we've got some fun props because the Super Bowl is a fun event. It's the pinnacle event for American football. So, oh, Well, I, I, I mean, I would say this entire thing is being fun personally. I'm having a great time. I don't know about you, but continue. Well, yeah. Well, yeah, this season has been fun. I, I, I won't lie. And, and props are fun too. So uh, it just adds a little bit of fun to the game. So here's some some offbeat event specials for you to have a look at. The National Anthem is a duet. It's um, Jasmine Sullivan and a, a country singer who has gone on record to say he actually didn't want to do the National Anthem in the past because he's worried about the notes um, that one has to reach when singing the National Anthem. So when it comes to the over-under... Uh, in terms of timing, I am going under 1 minute 59 seconds because you're, you're in a stadium where there's 22,000 people. You're in a guy who isn't going to hold the notes. He probably just wants to get it done and get out of there. Odds of $1.72 for the under. Take that. Get your money there. The halftime show, we have a Canadian in the weekend performing. Let's go. Shout out to Scarborough, the folks out that way in um, Ontario. There's actually a market on the first song that he'll perform. Now, a lot, a lot of people are going to say Blinding Lights, which is the, the hit song at the moment on the radio. But that's usually a song that you would close out with. So for me, Smart Money is for Starboy, which is offering $4.33. That's, I guess, his one of his earlier hits. And then Save Your Tears. That's a nice introduction track. That's... um. Offering files 50 on the market at some bookmakers. So um, that's a nice bit of fun at halftime. And then we got the end of the game. The all-important Gatorade shower. Now, if you're an eagle eye, you'll notice that last year, the Chiefs had orange. And in most of the Patriots' wins, they've had orange. They've also had, the Patriots also had blue in a couple of occasions. And on three occasions, Bill Belichick managed to avoid Gatorade shower altogether. But for this year, smart money for me when it comes to the Gatorade shower 
is orange. Color of the Gatorade for either team will be an orange shower. It'll be an orange crush, an orange Gatorade shower for the winning team this year. It is offering odds of $2.20, and that for me is a smart money. Um, it's, in, it's in the state of Florida, the Gator state, the orange state. It just makes sense. Um, so, yeah, there we have it. Get your money. Not so fast, Nee. We're going to go head-to-head on one of your prop bets. My Super Bowl prop bet of the week, of the century, I'm going to go counter to your uh, your orange, your pick for orange on Gatorade. I think the first color will, in fact, be red, uh, which I've seen around plus 160. Um, you know, I don't think it's the best odds necessarily, but... Both of these teams wear red. So, I mean, I don't know what other color it could be. You get Andy Red, Andy Reid, he's wearing his red outfit. You dump the red Gatorade on him. I mean, nobody even notices it at that point. Uh, same thing with Bruce Arians. I mean, come on. My second lock, though, is I'm going with Team Rough, who's got even odds in the Puppy Bowl. Uh, you know, just go with Team Team Rough. I don't, you know, I don't know much about either team. But they sound like uh, you know the fiercer of the two, so I'm gonna go with with that one. Wow, we're even getting puppy bull takes on the show today. Love all this information. I am going to have to agree with Nee, though. I think it's gonna be an orange Gatorade shower. I do have to agree with Starboy as well. That's just the perfect kickoff song. I. It's amazing that he is putting up $7 million of his own money on top of the NFL's budget to make this halftime show what the weekend wants it to be. Very excited for the halftime show this year. Let's hope it's good. But let's wrap things up with the players in the game and our DraftKing picks. So you've got to go Patrick Mahomes over Tom Brady in the captain's chair because we know KC isn't going to rush for many, if any, TDs. So Patrick Mahomes, he's going to throw four to five touchdowns. He's our captain easily. And you can stack him with Kelsey or you can stack him with Tyreek Hill. They're both great options. It's tough to afford the salaries of both along with Mahomes, which is a problem. I typically am picking Kelsey, but you can go either. It's fine. But instead of going both, we're pivoting to Byron Pringle. And you may say, who? Well, Byron Pringle is six foot one, 205 pounds, and runs a 446. He's a pretty fantastic athlete. The only reason you don't know his name is because Kansas City is just completely loaded on offense. But in the AFC Championship, it was Pringle who was operating as the wide receiver too, ahead of Demarcus Robinson and ahead of Nicole Hardman. And now Robinson isn't practicing thanks to a haircut from a COVID-positive barber. He is expected to play if he continues to test negative. But without practice and with him already losing snaps, Byron Pringle is clearly the wide receiver too in Kansas City. I expect him to score a touchdown. So to recap, on the Kansas City side, we're going Mahomes as our captain. We're going Travis Kelsey or Tyree Kill if you want. And then Byron Pringle, who also had 52 yards and a TD in Week 17, mind you. But that leaves three spots, and we're using all three on Tampa Bay. This is not only the first Mike Evans Super Bowl of his career. This is still the first playoff run of his career. He's coming off a career-high 13 touchdowns in the regular season. And Antonio Brown is banged up with a knee injury. He's expected to play but it's still not at 100%. So Mike Evans is going to go off and get this win for the team. As is playoff Len, I mean, we may have missed on Leonard Fournette's regular season performance, but the run this guy has been on in the postseason proves 
the process was right all along. Uncle Len's averaging 104 yards and a touchdown and over four receptions a game. He's averaging 21.1 fantasy points per game on DraftKings over the playoffs. You cannot sit playoff Len. And so that leaves us with one slot and 3K in salary, which is funny because that is the perfect amount to fit Rob Gronkowski onto the squad. And I know what you're probably thinking, oh, Jack. Gronk only has two catches this postseason. Cameron Braid has 11. You can't be serious. And you're right, but Gronk also has double the snaps of Braid, so he's been on the field, just hasn't been seeing the targets. And now Cameron Braid is dealing with a back injury as well. He was yanked from practice on Thursday. And you know what this kind of sounds like? It sounds like Gronk's last Super Bowl run. He had a career-low three touchdowns for a healthy season, just never looked right. And then in the Super Bowl, caught six balls for 87 yards, helps the Patriots beat the Rams. So you cannot count out big-time Rob Gronkowski. So to recap our lineup, it's Captain Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Mike Evans, Leonard Fournette, Rob Gronkowski, and Byron Pringle. So hit me up if you are going to be playing alongside me Sunday on DraftKings. And one final note, LaShawn McCoy is considering retirement after the game, which is probably the right move given his lack of involvement in the last two years. But if he does decide that, congratulations on a great career. Yeah, Shady McCoy. I remember him in back in Philly with Andy Reid Andy Reed all those years ago. Um, here's the deal. He could retire with two rings for two different teams without playing a snap in the Super Bowl because he didn't take the field last year for Kansas City against his 49ers. Has that ever happened? Oh, that is quite, that is, that is, that's a future Jeopardy question. I, I'm speaking for myself. I know John, big Jeopardy fan. So that is something we're going to have to earmark because that is definitely going to be on the show someday, but that's going to do it from us here on the important nonsense podcast. And that's going to do it from, uh, do it from us for the month of February and for the 2020 NFL season. What a year it has been. And I feel so fortunate to have experienced it alongside the two of you. So John, do you have any parting words for the fans before you get a much needed break and well-earned break from hearing me ramble every week? And do you have any final thoughts on the big game? You know, as far as the Super Bowl goes, I don't have many more thoughts about it. I'm just ready for it to be here, honestly. The two-week break, I, you know, it's probably great that we get a break, but at the same time, I mean, I'm just chomping at the bit for more football. I'm just hoping for a good game, um, ultimately. Um, tonight, though, is somewhat bittersweet. Uh, Jack, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed this season, and I hate to see it come to an end. And really the same with our weekly recap show. I've had a lot of fun uh, this season with you, with you too. All good things, though, must come to an end, so it goes. But to quote uh, Henry Wadsworth Longfellow, great is the art of beginning, but greater is the art of ending. Wise words from a wise man spoken by another wise man. So be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhD and on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC to keep up to date with all of his goings on and the development of the goodest girl, the important nonsense dog, Pumpkin. And lucky for me, he gets a break from me as well. But fortunately for us, he's going to be keep pumping out the Dynasty content throughout the offseason. So we won't have to miss his incredible knowledge too much. Nee, do you have any parting words for all your fans? And do you have any final thoughts as we head into another beautiful Super Bowl? Oh, look, it's been a fun ride, gents. We made it to the finish line. And Mahomes and Brady are going to get us over the line on Sunday night. I'm sure it'll be an entertaining game. 
and I hope everyone enjoys it and makes some coin if they have some skin in the game as well. Otherwise, make sure you mask up, wash your hands, and be good to each other. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TheRealNWB so as not to miss a thing. And you can follow along with the dynasty work of me, John, and a slew of talented people, and soon to be myself, over on ImportantNonsense.com. I'll be writing about Dynasty soon enough. And on all the socials, at NonsenseFF. And you're absolutely right. This is a beautiful thing. The Goat Bowl, seeing Tom Brady take on Patrick Mahomes. And I can't wait to watch the Buccaneers win 38-35. to Yeah, I called it at the start of the playoffs that this was going to happen. It's going to happen. Mark my words. But in the meantime, I've been your host at Javanaugh 87, Jack Kavanaugh, and it's been such an honor to get to host this podcast for you the last seven plus months. We'll be back to give all our free agency reactions in March, but until then, stay safe, wear a mask, take care of yourself because you are so important and you deserve it, but most importantly, don't forget to keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz, and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!